0: Hey everyone, welcome to Home Alone and Comfortable as Heck, the podcast that takes a deep dive into canine behavior, building up alone time comfort, and helping improve the welfare of our beloved canine companions. In this podcast, we will discuss real life tactics for modifying behavior, real alone time case studies, and help guide you through the emotional process of behavior change. So sit back, relax, and get ready to take the next step in your alone time training. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Home Alone and Comfortable as Heck. Today we have a juicy podcast influenced by one of my followers on Instagram in regards to the cry it out method. So one common misconception is to allow our pups to quote unquote cry it out when left alone or when working on alone time or when crate training, etc. This is not only unhelpful when we're working to build up comfortable alone time, but it also has the potential to make things even worse in my experience so in today's episode we are going to dive deeper into why this is not a recommendation that I would ever be able to support okay you guys first things first it is so important that we remember all behavior serves a function what does that mean that means that whether you are a professional working with a client whether you are a parent observing your child whether you are observing a family member, significant other etc all of our behavior is intended to serve a function. So let me give you an example. For dogs, um, vocalizing, uh, they could, they're could they trying to communicate something. For children that are crying or screaming, they're trying to communicate something. Um, if your partner gives you the cold shoulder, they're likely trying to communicate something. And when it comes down to it today, I'm going to talk a little bit more about vocalizations in the context of alone time. But please remember that again, behavior serves a function and it's not always the same function. Some vocalizations from your pup might be due to an increase in fear, anxiety, or stress. Other vocalizations may be due to frustration. Um, Other vocalizations may be due to wanting something uh, changed in their environment, etc. And what I'm going to be referring to is specific to alone time, so I'm really looking at vocalizations in the form of an increase in fear, anxiety, or stress. So all of that having been said, it is very important that we remember as pet owners that when we're bringing these animals into our lives, meeting their needs is a basic right of theirs. And it is up to us as as parents to determine what those needs are, become fluid in what our dogs are trying to communicate and help uh, prevent them from experiencing increases in fear, anxiety, or stress, and also just really work towards increased levels of welfare. So all of that having been said, in my experience again in the context of building up comfortable alone time a dog that is vocalizing in these training setups is typically getting close to or nearing what we call threshold threshold is really important and honestly you can ask five different trainers what threshold means and you're likely going to get five different answers but when it comes to me when I'm working with a client threshold is that point that we are absolutely trying to avoid so it's going to be different for every case but threshold generally speaking is that point in which fear, anxiety, stress, or panic ensues and that individual is no longer able to uh, return to comfort or to settle and they're just um, experiencing again that high level of stress or anxiety. So not only do we want to avoid getting close to or over threshold to prevent anxiety and panic from increasing, but it's also very important to remember that whether we're talking about a human or whether we're talking about a a dog that we're working with or or one of our uh, owned pets going over a threshold is also important due to the internal shifts that might be happening. So when an individual is going close to or over threshold, they likely are experiencing an increase in cortisol. And the reason why this is important is because cortisol is known as the fight or flight hormone. And when a dog is experiencing an increase in cortisol, they are likely to put it in human terms, having an inability to think, quote unquote, rationally and or retain information that we are trying to provide. And I just want to pin this here you guys isn't the goal of our training to create behavior change right so if our dogs are not in a functioning and healthy mindset to be able to retain what it is that we are trying to to teach them and to show them how is that helpful for training? Like long story short, like how is that helpful? So not only that, but allowing our pups to enter this state of high stress or anxiety can lead to learned helplessness. And this is huge because left to the untrained eye, learned helplessness oftentimes is uh, perceived as an individual that is calm or stress-free. For example, um, even in situations, let's say, where a dog is left alone and they are experiencing or you're observing uh, increase in vocalizations or pacing or panting or drooling or whatever those specifics are for that individual um, if the pup stops vocalizing or chooses to lay down it's not always comfort you guys it could be that that the individual is experiencing such high levels of stress that they just shut down right and we see this a lot um, like with uh, pups that are afraid of going to the groomer or even afraid of vet visits etc a lot of times we see them just kind of freeze right Um, but if you dig deeper and you look closer at their body language and behavior shifts you will see most often what is signaled as like a stress response so things like ears backed uh, you know wide eyes or pupils dilated tense commissures etc none of that is going to show me that a dog is actually comfortable sure they might be still sure they might not be barking or they might not be lunging they may not be Pacing, etc., but being still does not necessarily mean comfort, so that's why we really want to avoid learned helplessness. So, not only that, but it's so Frustrating and commonly recommended that this, that this is what we do for puppies and it couldn't be further from what I would recommend for puppies. And you can probably hear my voice cracking a little bit because I'm so passionate about this because sure, this is not helpful for a dog of any age, but we have to remember that puppies they're babies, you guys. Their brains are still growing. They're still potentially in that critical socialization period where they're, like, their brains are, um, you know, associating what is safe, what is right, what to expect in the world in certain contexts. And when we are allowing them to experience these high states of stress, we could be doing a ton of damage. We could be changing the way that they feel during alone time for the many years to come. We could be potentially having an increased Um, fear response in other areas of their life due to this high level of stress. Not to mention cortisol still is likely going to be released in these young individuals and such high situations of stress might even have the potential to damage damage the vagus nerve moving into adulthood and This is needed to help regulate stress levels as as they mature, you guys. So there's there's many, many, many reasons why I do not recommend the cry it out method, but especially for our young puppies, they are so uh, malleable and young and just learning what life is and to put them in such high levels of stress on a regular basis. It, in my opinion, is inevitable that there is going to be a little bit of fallout as they move into adulthood. I mean, the list could honestly go on and on. I can talk about this for days on end because I'm so passionate about this not being the appropriate route or training quote unquote method to take when building up a comfortable alone time or crate training or confinement training. And I don't know about you, but so far the recommendation to let our pups cry it out seems to have the potential to do more harm than good. In our current standing with science and studies that have been done and understanding how the brain works and how we can modify behavior, we have so many better alternatives that do not come along with this potential backlash. So why risk it? At this point, you are likely wondering, okay, Allie, well, if I'm not supposed to let my dog cry it out, what should I do to build up comfortable alone time? And long story short, the best pathway and most efficient and most humane method to build up comfortable alone time, whether this is a brand new dog that has no experience when left alone, or whether it's an adult dog with a known level of increased fear, anxiety, or stress when left alone, the only... Appropriate route is going to be to use systematic desensitization or gradual exposure. What does that mean? Well, it's going to depend on the dog and that's why this is a tough journey for many and not a cookie cutter process What we need to do is take that end goal take that perfect ideal World where we are grabbing all of our items and heading out the door for X amount of hours We need to take that goal and we need to break it into as many pieces necessary for that That specific individual For some, that might be splitting criteria to the tiniest little increments. For others, it might not need that big of a breakdown. But the number one thing that we need to be doing is looking at the individual in front of us, observing their body language, observing their behavior, determining what each shift to behavior and body language is trying to communicate to us and make sure that we are moving at their pace again it's not a cookie cutter process which is why many families out there find it helpful to work with a professional and if any of you out there find this to be daunting or you feel lost or you feel stuck there are many amazing csats out there that would be more than happy to help you work towards and reach those alone time goals for again rather a puppy or a new rescue or even an adult dog that you've had in the home for years, we are here for you, okay? If you're out there and you were unfortunately given the poor advice of allowing your dog to cry it out, do not worry. Do not beat yourself up. You are not alone. This is so commonly recommended, which is why I'm so passionate about this and made an entire podcast on the subject. You can still work towards your alone time goals. What what, what I would highly recommend that you do if you find yourself in this situation is reach out and seek professional guidance, ASAP, more specifically from a CSAT, somebody that is well-versed and trained in shifting emotional responses for dogs that struggle when left alone. And just know that there is still a light at the end of the tunnel. We can absolutely work towards your goals. Um, This type of training doesn't happen overnight, so it is going to take some patience and dedication, but we can definitely start heading you down the right direction. That having been said, next week, you guys, this is an episode you are not going to want to miss. Whether you are currently working on building up alone time or whether you are toying with the idea of starting to work on alone time, we are going to be diving deeper into the concept of welfare and why it's so important when we're working on behavior modification of any shape or size, okay? So it's not an episode you're going to want to miss. We are going to talk about you know, tips, recommendations, things that you can start implementing today um, with your pup and building up increased levels of welfare so tune in do not miss out did today's episode leave you with any lingering questions i would be more than happy to address them on my next podcast please send me any questions or comments pertaining to this episode via instagram at home alone academy and or on twitter at training with Ally. i'm very much looking forward to hearing from you All links and information discussed on this podcast can be found in the show notes below. This podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any individual case. Please consult your veterinarian before adding to or modifying your pet's current treatment plan.